Hey, y'all. This is Lauren Akins, and welcome to season three of the Live in Love podcast. I am so excited to be back with y'all. And this season is just all about parenting, parenting conversations. That is just what rules my world right now as a mom of four girls. So we are taking the time to sit down with fellow parents, parenting experts, and my village of family and friends that helped me raise my girls to talk about what it looks like to live in love while parenting. And I'm Annie F. Downs. I'm so grateful to be here. I've just loved season three, Lauren. I've loved it so much just hearing and learning alongside. And if you guys have loved this as much as I have, please rate and review the show. It just helps so much and helps us to give more hope to parents out there because the show will get in front of them. And if you haven't gotten a chance to grab a copy of Lauren's book, Live in Love, you totally should. It is such a great read. Just pick it up wherever you love to buy books. And today on the show, Lauren, I mean, having hard conversations with kids is Mm -hmm. just a constant thing. And especially what our community has been through here lately in Nashville and what's going on globally. Like having hard conversations is just part of the deal. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard, which is why I think today is it's going to be so powerful and just and can probably feel hard for some people. But I think will be such a good listen. Um, We're going to get to sit down with some of you have heard before from Sissy Goff on our season, but um, we're also going to sit down with my friend Patoya, and we're going to talk about what it looks like to live in love while having hard conversations with your kids. And a quick note, because of a power outage in the studio, we had one microphone that is a little faulty, but you will hear Sissy's voice change partway through the show. Just wanted you to know that that is why that is. Hey, y'all. Before we start in on today's conversation with Sissy and Petoya, I want to take a minute here to remind you of our amazing sponsor for this season, EarthBreeze. Something that seems to constantly be on my mind is laundry, or in this case, laundry detergent. Have you ever wondered why those bottles are so huge and bulky? I mean, who wants to deal with that? The crazy part is that 91% of those inconvenient jugs end up in landfills or even worse, in our oceans. It's harming our planet and the amazing marine life we cherish. But here's the thing. We can't just stop doing laundry, right? It's an essential part of our lives. And that's why I'm so excited to have EarthBreeze as a sponsor of the Live and Love podcast. It is seriously a game changer. EarthBreeze offers a better way to do laundry. They've reinvented laundry detergent, making it more convenient, eco-friendly, and just awesome. With EarthBreeze, you can finally say goodbye to those harmful plastic waste issues. So here's how it works. Instead of lugging around heavy jugs, you'll get these small, lightweight laundry detergent strips from EarthBreeze. They're super easy to use. You just toss a strip into your washing machine and it dissolves instantly, releasing its powerful cleaning power. No measure, no mess, no hassle, just toss in the sheet. But it's not just about convenience. EarthBreeze packaging is 100% plastic-free and biodegradable. By making the switch, we can reduce our plastic waste and contribute to a healthier planet for future generations. And they are great for all laundry lifestyles, even sensitive skin. Their eco sheets are hypoallergenic and dermatologist tested. The cleaning power packed into those tiny sheets is absolutely impressive. I was initially skeptical, but once I tried it, I was blown away. It tackles tough stains, eliminates odors, and leaves my clothes smelling fresh and clean. Plus, it's safe for all types of fabrics, so I can use it with confidence. The best part is they offer a risk-free, 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you decide to give it a try and it doesn't meet your expectations, they'll give you a full refund, no questions asked, and you don't even have to return the product. It's so reassuring to know that they truly stand behind their product like that. 
Switch from the old-fashioned goo to something new. Right now, my listeners can subscribe to EarthBreeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash liveandlove to get started. That's earthbreeze.com slash liveandlove for 40% off. earthbreeze.com slash liveandlove. Lauren, let's do it again. Okay. Okay. I mean, this is one that we have, we know parents have been asking for and, and wanting more information and wanting just a conversation on how do we have the hard conversations with our kids? Yeah. For starters, for you, is that something that's already happening? I mean, are you already doing hard conversations with your kids? Yes. Um, <clears throat> so my kids now are seven, five, three, and one. So the three and one, not so much. The five and seven, are really um, the harder questions are definitely ramping up in our house, yeah. and, which is why this, I, I think I have been most excited about this podcast, if I'm being quite honest, <laughs> out of all eight that we're doing, yeah. because I feel like this is really where I'm at in the season of life that I'm in, in all kinds of circumstances. Um, and I'm just really excited to be able to talk about that with y'all today. Introduce Patoya to us, and y'all kind of, how do y'all know each other? So, Patoya and I met, what year was it? 15? No. Four, 12. Oh, my gosh. I got married in 12. 2010. <laughs> Where am I? What year is it? <laughs> what year? 10? 10? Or 2009? I was Something actually, like that. I was in college. I was in college, and we worked at Pine Cove together. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Counselors. In Tyler, Texas. Satoya, for when sure you are. Us. For sure you <laughs> are. Children. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And we became just yeah. very fast friends. Yeah. I mean, she was it's one true. of my first friends at Pine Cove as a counselor, and we just kind of stuck together mm-hmm. all summer. Yeah. And Patoya lives in Texas, Mm -hmm. so we don't live down the street from each other, (laughs) but in our hearts and spirits, we are still down the the road from (laughs) each other, and so we stay really close. Mm -hmm. Her and I have similar stories as moms. Both of us came to be moms through adoption, and um, also similar stories. I am parenting at least one of mine who does not look like me, (laughs) and she is parenting kids who do not look like her, so I think it's been really cool to have that friendship as we're doing it at the same time yeah. of like, hey, did you get weird looks at the grocery store today? <laughs> yep, sure did. How about you? you know, like just, it, it, Do people think you're the babysitter? Or? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, and so it's, you know, it, it's when you're not alone in that, It I think it bonds you mm-hmm. in ways that you don't feel with some of your other friends. And so it's it's been a really sweet friendship yeah. that yeah. has definitely blossomed even more over the yeah. last however many years that I we've know. started to have kids. So. Yeah, Patoya, will you, since a lot of our friends listening are listening, yeah. <laughs> will you tell us about your kids? Tell us about yes. you and yes. are married, single, how many kids yeah. and what you do? So I am single and I work full time in, I live in Waco, Texas. I work at Baylor University. And so my kids are two and a half and two months. Wow. And because everyone's listening. I am black and my kids are white. And one of them, actually, Lauren and I talked about this at one point. She was like, actually, if you had a white husband, Addie could be yours. Oh, <laughs> like, that's true. <laughs> so people people still kind of look, look at us interestingly, but not as much as now that my baby is blonde-haired, blue-eyed little oh, boy. Wow. So now it's a little more interesting <laughs> of yeah. conversations coming up. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we kind of 
got, I, we became a family in because of 2020 COVID situations. And so very long story short, the Lord wanted Addie to be with me. It happened so fast and it was very clear that she was meant to be at my house. And I was like, okay. And our little Bubba is what we call him. She calls him Bubba. Um, he was so unexpected. <laughs> so I mean, too much. You are still, fresh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's sleepy. Yeah. Very sleepy. <laughs> so also not in this world right now. <laughs> I'm my brain is not fully functioning. But And they're biological. Like they're biological okay. siblings. And okay. so we're figuring it out. So do you have away. an open relationship with the birth mom? We don't. Okay. So she actually doesn't have a clue who I am. Got so it. with all of our court visits and all the things, we keep me very hidden. And anything that's online, my name just says foster parent or yeah. adoptive parent um, because Waco is a small community yeah. and she's not at her healthiest. Yeah. And so it's best right now to keep it separate. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting situation. Mm-hmm. Tricky sometimes. Yeah. Uh, especially with him looking a little more like her and he got to she got to see him a lot more than she saw Eddie so yeah. it'll it, it's an interesting setup wow. yeah good thing we have sissy golf with us <laughs> as well <laughs> All right, Sissy. Well, we had you on episode two with David Thomas talking about raising boys and girls. But tell us again who you are, just in case someone didn't get to hear that episode. Okay. Well, I should start by saying I was a counselor at a camp in Texas. Too. Oh, oh my, my gosh! gosh. <laughs> well, I don't think you should say down a river, but it was all the camp counselors today. Oh, really? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. So fun! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Was still a camp counselor. So I am a therapist at a place called Daystar Counseling Ministries in Nashville here and have been counseling kids for 30 years this year, which feels oh my goodness. Amazing. What a gift. Makes me feel so old. And what else was I supposed to say? I have a podcast, Boys and Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Just out of counseling, I've gotten to do some fun things like that. Yeah. So happy you're here. TSF family. That's right. Oh man, we're so glad you're here. So, I mean, really. Sissy, one of our hopes is that you're doing this all the time. You're having hard conversations with kids mm-hmm. all day, every day for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly for us in Nashville, you have really been a part of helping the Covenant School heal and process the shooting that happened in the spring. So, so I don't know, Lauren, do y'all have quite, do you want to start by like, what do you want Sissy to help you <laughs> with? <laughs> I mean, the questions at my house just over the last couple of seasons have consistently been, at least from my older two, questions about Willa Gray. And she she was not grown in, in my tummy, but Ada James was. And her skin is different than mine. Her hair is different than mine. Why don't we know her real mommy and daddy? You know, that was something that one of my kids said. And I said, well, I, I am your real mommy and daddy is your real daddy. But in, in my response to her was, the Lord just chose you to be in another woman's tummy, and he waited until the perfect time for me to meet you, and you get to have that story. Only you get to have that story, and the Lord mm-hmm. is using your story to show people really about his heart and how he loves us well, and I mean, it was. I said that way more collected oh. today. I was <laughs> sobbing the first time we said because sure. because it was a moment where her whole life, she's been so... Um, proud of her story, mm-hmm. proud to be from Uganda, proud to have black skin, proud to have an Afro. Like she 
loves it. And when she would introduce, because she's our oldest, she would introduce herself and say, I'm Willa Gray. I'm from Uganda. And this is Ada James. And she's not. (laughs) 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 And that's, it's like just the innocence of a child is so precious. But as she's gotten older, I think Patoy and I were talking last night and just adoption stories always begin with grief because one family has to die for another family to be wow. born. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so I think in that, my my oldest, Willa Gray, is starting to feel that grief. And I don't think she really knows how to talk about it or what to do with it. And so the first time that she started asking me those questions, she kind of like in a really quiet voice, kind of like, timid, like not sure how to say what she was feeling in her heart. And I could feel it. I mean, I could, my spirit was just like, my heart was just breaking for her because I could see the grief. Mm-hmm. And and I, after we talked a while, I said, does, does that make you sad? And she kind of sat there for a second in tears. Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all, it just it broke me. But she said, yeah, it makes me sad. And I said, baby, it's okay. It makes me sad too. And so we were able to like sit in that sadness together and just me to say, we don't know a lot of your story before I got to know you. And we tried, we tried so hard, but I'm choosing to believe that the woman who had you or whoever was in charge of you knew that they couldn't give you what you needed. Mm -hmm. And so they put you in a place the best they knew how to take care of you because they loved you. Mm -hmm. And we don't know that story on this side of heaven, but when we get to heaven, I, me and you will go straight up to Jesus and we will be like, hey, can we see, can we just see and can we meet, can we meet the mommy that carried you in her tummy? Can we meet the daddy? Can we meet your siblings? If you have siblings somewhere, like God will show us all the things, but he just might not show us on this side of heaven. And that's hard, but that's okay because it's hard for me too. And so sitting in that with her has been really hard because up until now, it's just been like butterflies and rainbows, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. such a celebratory thing. Mm-hmm. And as a mom, starting with that question at six and seven years old, imagining as as she gets older and the questions get bigger and deeper, it just hurts my heart mm-hmm. to think about. And I'm like, yeah. am I prepared? Do I do? Are you sure, Lord, that I can yeah. do this? And yes. so that's where we're at in our season yeah. of life. beautiful i mean you you set the stage for the conversation (laughs) i know already (laughs) for it to be like the both ends that she can feel joy and sorrow together and then you're going to be with her and i Mm. think any hard conversation there's not a right answer we all know that yeah what you did with her was beautiful i don't know what you could have done that would have set her up to be in all of those places at once more beautifully. So mm. what a gift that you are our mom. And God shows you. I, one of my favorite stories ever about a girl who was adopted, I was counseling this girl several years ago, and she was in high school, and she, they didn't know a lot about her birth parents, and she was struggling with depression. And In high school? In high school. And mm-hmm. I'd seen her for years, and we were talking about it and talking about it and working together, and she was better some, but I felt like it was a point she probably needed medication. And so mm-hmm. I brought her mom in and sat down. I mean, she sat down and I just said, you know, your daughter's 
struggling and, and we're making some progress, but I just feel like she maybe needs more and it's time to have that conversation. And her mom, I mean, y'all, her mom is amazing. And she held her hand and she said, oh, honey, I just hate that you're in this place. And she said, and I get it. You know, I've struggled similarly and we have a real family history for depression. And this girl looked at her mom and she said, mom, I was adopted. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Because you will always remember and you will forget. Yeah. 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 So true. For yeah. sure. <laughs> That's so good. I mean, Adam, can we just say you're never going to have the answers and who you are is yeah. who you're meant to be in every one of those conversations. Yeah. And then we're done with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so good. Sissy, is it, it, will you talk a little bit about, I mean, Lauren has that conversation with Willa Gray, with Ada James, and with the other girls. It's not a one and done. No. It won't be one and done mm-hmm. for Patoya. I mean, this mm-hmm. is, having hard conversations is just part of the gig from now on. From now on. And any hard conversation, and I think particularly around grief, as kids develop and grow, you know, it's like we're turning around the mm-hmm. same, I don't know, object and seeing it from a different perspective with mm-hmm. each turn. Yeah. And so the questions, as you're already experiencing, are going to be different in each season of life, but what they need the most is for you just to sit mm-hmm, with them. Mm-hmm. Let them so ask good. and know yeah. that you can be with them in it and hold space for it and yeah. Yeah. be connected in the midst of it. So what if, Patoya, talk about, I mean, if your oldest is two and a half, yeah. I mean, but already, if people are saying yeah. in the grocery store they think you're the babysitter, yes. that has to be the genesis for conversations yeah. that <clears throat> some people aren't having with their two and a half year olds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because when we are in the grocery store and we like we'll we'll be in Target and we'll pass the makeup aisle and she'll see a black model and she'll say, Mama, Mama, and she'll just be pointing at all these black women and uh-huh. she's like, Mama. And of course that draws everyone's attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, like amazing. Um, but yeah, for for her, it right now at least, I feel like I mean, and you told me it was started with Willa Gray at two. And I was mm-hmm. like, that early, I'm not ready, but she starts to notice. So when my hair is a fro, she loves to like mm-hmm. play in my hair and dig in my hair. And, you know, she now notices women that look like me. And mm-hmm. I think I try to lay a foundation right now with books that have families uh, that are different, mm-hmm. that all look different and give her language of, you grew another mommy's tummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't understand, but at yeah. least she'll be familiar, I'm hoping. Yeah. I think where I'm really intimidated and nervous is that we do know a lot of her story, mm-hmm. and it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm probably going to choke up, so I will try to hold it together. But I got a picture of Biomom for the first time this year when her little brother came. And I'd never seen her, and it just makes it so much more real mm, when yeah. you see someone's face. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I think I'm intimidated about the brokenness mm-hmm. and wanting to not glaze over that it's broken and just go to, but God brought you here, yeah. you know, and ignore where she came from mm-hmm. and ignore the beginning of her story. So I think I'm, I want to be respectful and truthful mm-hmm. with both of them. Um, and she doesn't, for her, it, there's no sibling to compare to, you know, in the beginning. It was just me and her, yeah. you know. And now, and and for her, it will be 
why does her little brother even look different than her? Yeah. Because um, they do have different hair and different skin tones, even though they have the same bio mom. So I just am like, Lord, I have no idea how I'm going to address some of these questions. I think I'm anxiously anticipating them, but doing the best I can to expose her to other diverse families and other even books and shows that talk about my hair. I think it's even important for her to see there are people that look like my mom and not just me and my brother. So I don't know if that's how you start with a two and a half year old, but that's Yes, in my head. Yes, but. yes. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> I think that's brilliant yeah. to expose her right now. Yeah. And, you know, again, I feel like I'm saying, speaking in a lot of generalities, but I, but I think for both of you, I mean, as moms, God gives you intuition yeah. about your kids mm. that he's not going to give anybody else. Yeah. And so in those moments, he will give you what you need to say and the things to introduce into their lives. And I mean, y'all just trust your gut in any yeah. situation. I mean, even when I'm thinking about reading books to kids, I'm like, yes. well, we read to them about school before they know so what school true. is. Yeah. And we read to them about a zoo before we take them to a zoo. Oh, I mean, what a so great true. way to, but then when they go to school, they go, wait, I read about this. Yes. I know this. Yes. My little nephew yesterday said he was going to dream about bologna sandwiches because Goofy eats them. He doesn't know oh what bologna goodness. is. He just, knows, you know, and so, and so it, you're, it sounds like, but it, that Patoya is doing the things to prepare, but Absolutely. Sissy, for both of them, as they're parenting, that adoption's a hard conversation. Yeah. Multi-race in one family is a hard conversation. But there are also earthquakes right. and school shootings yeah. and grandparents who pass away. Mm-hmm. How do we know how much we tell? Like when Patoya's thinking through, I she knows 100% of yeah. this story, Patoya does. Yeah. How much does her daughter need to know at two and a half and Ugh. at four and at seven? And yeah. Yes, thank you, Annie. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not much right now. I mean, I think I would just have the basics. And I love, I feel like both of you have said little, I always think it's so good to have little um, phrases that we say to kids that we can go back to over and over Mm -hmm. and over. The mom that carried you in her tummy, but Mm -hmm. I'm your mom. You know, that you just have things that I always think about as an adult. There are things that I would say, my mom always said, you know, and what are those things that you want your kids Mm -hmm. to say? My mom always said. And so thinking about around this, but yes, I would have, a snippet that you start with. And so often in any situation, when we're talking mm-hmm. to kids about something that feels hard, we start to get anxious mm-hmm. and we start to go yeah. on and on and yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And, and it's more about, I mean, I think even with the covenant cheating, I think one of the things, I feel like parents have been struggling in a very different way than kids have. And yeah. we don't understand. And so we're trying to step in and fill in the gaps for them of our own not understanding where they're not in that space and they don't have the same questions. And so in any conversation with kids, we want to have, you know, two sentences of age appropriate factual information Mm -hmm. and then say, what questions do you have for me? Because Uh, kids have this amazing mm. innate ability to ask the questions that they're ready for the information. And if they don't ask, they're not ready. I mean, I have seen kids whose parents get divorced that at, Six have asked why, and I've seen kids who don't ask till 18. Wow. Because intuitively they knew, I do not want that information. Hmm. Wow. And so we just it's really incredible. follow their lead yeah. in terms of what we answer. I love that. Hey, y'all. Taking a quick break here to say how honored I am to get to share all about our next sponsor who has been part of the Live and Love podcast since season one, Modern Fertility. Knowledge is power, and when you know more, you can make better decisions for your body, your health, and your future. 
There aren't many decisions bigger than having a kid, but for many women, their fertility is a big question mark. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within six business days. You'll get insight into your hormone levels like your ovarian reserve, aka if you have more or fewer eggs than average for your age, and other important factors that can impact your fertility. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also download the results to review with your doctor for next steps. Traditional hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost over $600, but Modern Fertility tests the same general set of hormones for only $179. And I'm happy to share that if you go to modernfertility.com slash liveinlove, you can get $20 off your first test. Plus, you can get reimbursed for the test through your FSA, HSA. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make the decision that's right for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash liveinlove. That means your test will cost $159, which is a fraction of what it would cost at a fertility clinic. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash liveinlove. modernfertility.com slash liveinlove. Before we head back to the show, I want to remind you of our amazing sponsor, Crew, and something that they are doing that is truly remarkable. They have a mission close to my heart to make the Bible accessible to as many families as possible. Can you believe that there are still countless people around the world who don't have access to the Bible like we do? It's astonishing, but Crew is working hard to change that reality. With missionaries spread across nearly every nation on this planet, Crew is witnessing the transformation as people come to know Jesus. However, there's a critical piece missing, Bibles in their own language. As one missionary shared, we have witnessed countless individuals engrossed in reading their Bibles. Please keep us in your prayers as we continue to seek more Bibles for distribution. I've been so moved by the incredible response from our listeners becoming generous crew donors over the past two seasons of this podcast, and together we really are making a tremendous impact, but there's so much work to be done, and I want to invite y'all to help us meet that need. By contributing just $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles every month. And here's the best part. As a gesture of gratitude, when you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, Crew will also provide meals to 15 individuals in need through their humanitarian aid ministry. And as a bonus, you'll receive a complimentary copy of my book, Live in Love. That's a meaningful way to give back and make a difference. Simply text Akins to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text Akins to 71326, that's A-K-I-N-S, to 71326 to help now, or visit give.crew.org slash Akins. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. Sissy, so even with Addie and Patoya, I mean, when she asks yes. next year, yes. mm-hmm. where's my mommy who looks like me? How much does Patoya say, well, uh, I, you're not going to like this, yeah. but she yeah. is, you know, or is it, yeah. she's not here and I'm with you or, you know, like, do we always answer their question? You always want your kids to feel like you're going to tell them the truth yeah, and to be the source. Mm-hmm. And so 
I think we come up with an answer mm-hmm. that is honest, but it's not too much information. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know where she is. You probably don't need to say where she is on a podcast right I know. Now. I'm like, I feel like maybe, and, you know, let's workshop this for me. <laughs> Because <laughs> SOS. Um, right now, the only words I have for it, even when little kids, we were talking about this last night, when yeah. little kids in the park come up to us and they ask the wildest things. Yeah. Um, I think I've said to a little kid, you know, the you know the mommy that had her is sick right now and can't take care of oh, her. Oh, wow. Um, so, and, and that was my like one, mm-hmm. one response. And so I think I'm like, if she asks more questions, I may not have. Yeah. I may turn into that. Here's too much information. <laughs> well, la, 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 and la, it will be okay. Free. It you will know? be okay. Yes. Also, it's okay to say, honey, I don't know. Yeah. But she's sick. And, yeah. and we're just praying that she's getting better. Yeah. Wherever she is. I mean, you just, you don't have to mm-hmm. have, again, mm-hmm. I think that is our own panic of, I have to have the right thing to say. Totally. And, and what she wants, what your kids want is your reassurance and mm-hmm. your presence. Yeah. That's what matters the most wow. to them more than your mm-hmm. answer. That's yeah. so good. Sissy, how do we know when our when the hard conversation is outside of our knowledge or skill? Or, like, when's counseling for our kids the next thing if mm-hmm. the hard conversation mm-hmm. is either we are, we are sick mm-hmm. and can't do it, like, the parents mm-hmm. are, maybe the parents are divorcing. Mm-hmm. Or, like, so how do we know the line when it's time to take our kids to see a therapist? Can I give, like, ten lines? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think one is if you have more more emotion around whatever mm. it is than they do. Yeah. And because kids so often will intuitively try and rise up and protect us. Mm. And so, you know, in a divorce situation, in a grief situation, even in the covenant shooting, I mean, there are a lot of kids who feel like, I can't say this to my mom or my dad because I'm going to mm. make them more sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so wow. in those times, I think they need somebody that can come and say all the harder things. Mm. Yeah. And know that that person's going to be okay, mm-hmm. no matter what they say. So, I mean, that would be one. I would say, certainly, if you're in a place where you feel sick and you don't mm-hmm. feel like you can give them a, an objective perspective. There was another one. Up. Oh, one thing that I, I do think is really worth mentioning is, you know, right now we're in this epidemic of anxiety with kids. Mm-hmm. And one of the first ways we see it with kids are looping questions. Mm-hmm. And so they go around and around and around. And it's. Sometimes it's about something as simple as the schedule for the day and that we can start to recognize it because it's about that or it's mm-hmm. about I'm going to throw up. But sometimes it, it it's basically the scariest or the hardest thing they can imagine developmentally. Mm-hmm. And so it could be even around adoption that all of a sudden they start looping. And mm-hmm. I've written a couple of books on anxiety. And one of the things I read that was fascinating was we should never answer more than five questions about the same topic. Mm-hmm. And so if oh, it wow. feels like all of a sudden there's 400 questions a day about it. Yeah. That means it's not about adoption anymore. It's about anxiety. And at that point, wow. Wow. That is. I would do something different. Okay. Can we talk Amazing. after this? <laughs> yeah. <I> think- <laughs> Uh, My number three, I think, is so anxious. Little Lennon, (laughs) I think she's a little, which her daddy is, can tend to be that way. He's very healthy now, but I think he said on his podcast that he's a little bit anxious by nature. And I think Lennon, she started to do things and I'm like, maybe she's just got a different personality. Maybe she just, she's three. Same questions over and over and over. And I'm like, Lennon, honey. Mommy just answered that. 
But and are they like, what are we having for dinner? Or no, are, no, it's like, are you going to be here? Where you, it's always about me yes. separating mm-hmm. from her, or where is Daddy going, yeah. or where is Mackie going, our nanny, or where is Bunny going, or Gigi, my mom and his mom. And it's just, it, it's 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 mostly about people being away from her. And she was born in 2020. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's wow. true. At three, that's the yeah. scariest thing. Oh, interesting. But none Amazing. of my kids have ever done that. And she's, I think she might tend to have a little, a little bit of her daddy. <laughs> yeah. Are you seeing 2020 babies? I mean, now they're all turning three. So, I mean, is that a thing? Is separation different after 2020? Maybe for babies, but maybe also for five-year-olds who did. Dogs. Too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and me. Right. Yes. You know, I, I mean, three is younger than I counsel, but I do parent consults for parents. It's so hard because we are now at one in four kids with girls twice as likely. And if a parent wow. has it, kids Whoa, are seven wee. times more likely. Wow. And so I don't even know that we can say yet the numbers, on, but it's so rampant anyway. Right. I think if you, yeah, I think every family probably is going to have one anxious child in 2023. Yeah. Whenever they were born. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Sissy, if as parents we do feel like we have a child that is showing maybe signs of being anxious, or especially like with us, I know it runs biologically in our family. What are things, well, one, what are things that you look for? And two, what are ways that you can try to be with them in that anxiety, sit with them in that, but also educate them in that or help them, try to help them where you can in that? You know, I I mean, I think it's different, again, developmentally, but at three, it's a little harder because I think a lot of the language you might use to help her work through it is probably different. Although you're right. I mean, the average age of onset used to be eight. Now we're seeing it show up at seven, but signs as young as three and four and five. And so what you're seeing makes a ton of sense. And I would say for her age in particular right now, I mean, one of the things that's happening for any of us when we get anxious is our blood flow is that normally goes to our prefrontal cortex Mm -hmm. that helps us think rationally and manage our emotions. The blood vessels in our brain constrict and it shifts it back to the amygdala, Mm -hmm. which is the fight or flight part Mm -hmm. of our brain. And so the first thing we always need to do is help them calm down because the more anxious they -hmm. they get, the more that amygdala gets Mm -hmm. tripped up and they can't work themselves out of it. And so with her, I would say anytime she starts to loop and say, you know, Mm -hmm. where are you going, mommy? When are you going to be back? Questions like that. I would get down on her little level, you know, Mm -hmm. practice Mm -hmm. that attunement we know Mm -hmm. is so important and Mm -hmm. say, honey, you're okay. I'm only going to be gone for a few minutes. You know Whoever is going to be with you yeah. is taking care of you. Let's take three deep breaths together. And I would just take three. We always do square breathing with kids. Yeah. I call it square breathing. David calls it combat breathing with boys because it sounds cooler. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, the slow square okay. on their leg. And then I, with a three-year-old, I would do that. And then I would distract them Yeah. and get them focused on something different. But I will say, I mean, I was just at Disney with my four-year-old nephew. And he... He just gets so excited and then can't control his body as, you know, mm-hmm. four-year-olds yes. do. And so um, my sister kept practicing one of the things I talk about the most with anxiety, which was fun to watch her do it. But we always start with breathing and then we use grounding techniques, okay. which is a cognitive behavioral therapy tool that every counselor in the country uses. But five, four, three, two, one is my favorite. And you could totally do it with her where you say, tell me five things you see. 
Mm. Tell me four things you hear. Tell me three things you feel from a tactile sense. We're, we don't want to talk about emotions right now. Yeah. Tell me two things you smell and one thing you taste. Because anything sensory related is going to anchor them to the present. And for wow. any of us when we're anxious, we're either in the past or the future. Whoa. We're not in the moment. Wow. So breathing and grounding wow. would be helpful in that moment. Where has she been my whole life? <laughs> I'm like, down the street, technically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought apparently. Your actual apparently, whole life, yeah. Apparently neighbors. just pull Great. out a little notebook right now. That's right. right. Listen, she has books. Wow, they got so the Raising good. Boys okay, and Girls podcast. The breathing so thing we do with all, all well, not the one-year-old, but seven, five, and three. We good. Even Willa Gray this morning before we went to school, she was having to memorize a part for a play that they're doing. Oh. And she gets anxious to, like, perform. Mm. Um. She is not anxious, but in that I could sense her kind of, you know, getting kind of frustrated and like, but it's too hard, but it's too hard. And I'm like, baby, you you got this. And and so after a few times of us doing it, I could tell that she was just like kind of tired of saying the line over and over. And I said, why don't you go, go out the front porch and sit outside for just a second and just breathe really good three times and See, come back in. We'll start over. There you so go. Came yeah. back in, and she nailed it. She yeah. nailed it. So it's it's almost like that reset is is so powerful, and it takes very little time. Yes, but it does change mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, for all of us. Yeah, that's great. That works even for my two and a half year old. Yeah, I will tell her, Addie, take a breath. And hilarious, she spits on me because she goes. <gasps> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. But it it resets her, though. It really does help her. So I'm like, I don't know if she saw that at school at first because I've said that to her and she knows exactly what I'm trying to tell her to do. So I'm like, we're going to have to, when she can count, implement that five, four, three, two, one thing. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Before we get back to finish this conversation, I wanted to take a moment to talk about a brand that I truly love and admire Thistle Farms. You've probably heard me mention them before, but I can't help but emphasize their incredible mission and the impact they're making. Thistle Farms not only creates amazing products, but also serves a powerful purpose that goes far beyond what meets the eye. When you purchase from Thistle Farms, you're contributing to a cause that is making a profound difference in the lives of women survivors. These women have faced unimaginable challenges and have shown tremendous strength in overcoming them. Thistle Farms provides them with more than just shelter. It offers a sanctuary where they can heal, grow, and reclaim their lives. Each candle, body product, or essential oil you bring into your home not only brings you joy, but also becomes a symbol of hope for these women. Your support enables Thistle Farms to provide essential resources like housing, therapy, and employment opportunities that empower these brave souls on their journey to healing and independence. What's even more exciting is that Thistle Farms has recently undergone a complete rebrand. They've infused their products with an abundance of joy and color that radiates beauty and positivity. In a world where simplicity often dominates, Thistle Farms stands out with its vibrant and captivating products. Every purchase you make directly supports their mission. Go visit thistlefarms.org. You'll see an array of beautiful candles, body products, and essential oils that will not only bring joy to your life, but also ensure that there's a place ready to welcome the next woman in need. And so here's a little treat for y'all. Use the code LIVEINLOVE, all one word, to enjoy a generous 15% off your purchase at thistlefarms.org. I'm taking one last quick break because I want to take a moment to talk about something that has become a big part of my health and wellness routine, Liquid IV. 
You know, as parents, with all the extracurricular activities we're a part of with our kids, like running around to dance recitals, sports games, it is crucial that we remember to take care of ourselves too. That's why I highly recommend incorporating Liquid IV's hydration multiplier into your daily routine. Proper functional hydration is essential, and Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. You can use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down in the afternoon, and even on long flights. But with just one stick, you can hydrate two times faster than water alone, plus get essential vitamins and three times the electrolytes as leading sports drinks. Liquid IV comes in 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. The convenient packaging allows me to take it with me wherever I go, and the delicious flavors like sea berry, strawberry lemonade, and pina colada make hydration enjoyable. Plus, it's made with premium ingredients and is free from gluten, dairy, and soy, so I feel confident about what I'm putting into my body. But what sets Liquid IV apart is their commitment to making a positive impact. They believe that access to clean water is fundamental to a healthier world, which is why they partner with leading organizations to protect water and support communities. To date, they've donated over 39 million servings in more than 50 countries around the world. Real people, real flavor, real hydrating. Grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code LIVEINLOVE at checkout. That's 20% off anything when you shop better hydration today using promo code LIVEINLOVE at liquidiv.com. Sissy, when national tragedies happen, and like a school shooting or like a hurricane mm-hmm. that comes through or a tornado comes through yeah. Yeah. near where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about your kids going back to school yeah. after mm-hmm. the shooting at Covenant, your kids going back to their school. Right. How do we parent that? Those are hard conversations yeah. to say the reason y'all are doing these lockdown drills. Right. And mm-hmm. the reason that those friends don't have a house anymore is right. because of a fire. Like, mm-hmm. how do we parent those bigger global or national or citywide conversations? Um, You know, it's hard to answer without, it feels so specific to the conversation other than that same idea of have one leading statement of this is factually what's happened and then let them ask questions. Mm -hmm. But again, I mean, it's not even the answers that matter the most in those moments. It's that you are with them and you're Mm -hmm. sitting with them and that you're calm that you're, you know, everything the research says is that we need to be a calm, non-anxious present with mm-hmm. presence with kids. And yeah. so that you can sit and hang in there with them and not let your own stuff rise up in the moment. But yeah, I mean, I think that we just, we keep going. And then I love, I always go back to that Mr. Rogers thing about look for the helpers. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I good. think anytime any of us, when we're anxious, when we're grieving, we can move outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. and have a sense of purpose. But even really young ones, it is really helpful for all of us. And we had a, I'm throwing out a lot of different things, but we had our staff last week, a week and a half ago, had training from a trauma expert who was really involved in Sandy Hook. And she said, which I have read repeatedly in the last few weeks, that gratitude is one of the mm. things that makes the most difference in those wow. times as well. And so, you know, wow. I was talking to parents about having a whiteboard and writing down all the things we're grateful for yeah. over and over or wow. making lists or going around the dinner table because that's shifting our focus to something different. And in some ways, it's a 
it's some semblance of control because mm-hmm. they're going to need a little bit of control when things feel really out yeah. of control. One thing I will say around the Covenant shooting <clears throat> that was just right down the street from our mm-hmm. house, um, and and our, our our friends, some of them are at that school, and um, a lot of our friends are very close to those at that school. Mm-hmm. And some of the classes that my girls are in, extracurricular activities, there are some kids that go. So kids hear mm-hmm. so much outside yes. and, and so much of what we tried to do was was be that source of information. And Smart. our school was really good about, you know, gosh, as teachers, we're... I'm going to try not to get emotional, but as teachers, we're bringing our kids to the car, you know, they all, you can just see, you can just feel just the grief in our community mm. because I do, like, I'm so grateful for our community and how well we love each other yes. because it's just like you could feel in every adult um, just the weight of what everyone was feeling and carrying for the people we love. And... um my older two, and even Lennon, my three-year-old, you know, all throughout that day, they would say, Mommy, are you are you having a hard day? And, mm. you know, I, my, my teacher was having a hard day, too. But their teachers weren't saying things. They weren't, you know, because they wanted that conversation to be had at home so yes. that the source mm. was coming from parents. So good. Um, and, and but, but my older two specifically are very aware that something was going on to the point <laughs> that I think my say Ada James, I think she said, Mommy, are you having another baby? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because I had just been That's so emotional. Amazing. And you do, you just kind of felt like all day long I just just the heaviness. Yes. And and I guess when I'm pregnant, I am so, 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 so sick and just cannot pick myself up off the ground. Mm. And so they were feeling that in me. And so when we did have the conversation and I was able to be that source, you know, that was one thing that I really didn't want to say a whole lot because I was like, they are kids. Like they Mm. don't need, Mm. they don't need to know every detail. So as I spoke to them, I spoke to them the night before, and then before they went just back to school, we had another conversation that morning because I thought they're going to go to school and they're going to be some kids who were directly impacted mm-hmm. in whatever way that may be with that school, mm-hmm. and they are going to hear things. And so we told a little bit more before they went back to school Good. that day, but they still heard things that did not come wow. from my mouth. Of course. And it was not, you know, no ill intent, but they came home with more questions and and they just they know they're for weeks after they're like mommy are you, are you having a hard day and mm-hmm. in that i feel like you know i know it's very important to to not feel or how did you say it how, if your emotions are bigger than theirs are than theirs and mine for i mean i think it for parents mm-hmm. for sure our emotions oh, were bigger so in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um because of the detail that we know, because of the people that we know and, and or, or what it may be. Um, and so sitting in that with them and finding that balance with them because they live with us. So they are going to feel those bigger emotions right. on their parents, whether we want to keep it from them or not. But letting them feel that with me and me being honest about it, 
um, that was really hard to navigate and to talk about their teachers who they love and who, mm-hmm. you know, are teachers, you know, really were had this sense of protection, mm-hmm. especially that day. But e- I mean, even now, you yeah. know, it is such a, it is a different um, feeling and spirit mm-hmm. on campus, even now. Yes. Um, and, and that it will probably be that way for a while. And it, maybe yeah. some of that won't ever go away. Yeah. Um, but, but processing all of that with kids, that has been very hard to navigate in the conversations that you can't control mm-hmm. and how to kind of bring that back and, mm-hmm. and bring it to the place of you need to ask mommy and daddy these questions. And um, that, that's been really hard to navigate, I think. Yeah. Yes. And that will happen a million times over the years. <laughs> of they're going to hear a lot of things from a lot of other kids. And so as you're setting yourself up to be the source and to say, I want you to come ask me anything, mm-hmm. anytime, and that we don't act shocked or appalled or get mm-hmm. angry with questions, that yeah. we just sit with them in it and give them safe, truthful answers. Yeah. You know, you're going to continue. And I think where I was going with part of that is when they feel that the people in their life who are leading them, whether it is their teachers or us, when they are aware enough to realize there are bigger emotions happening mm-hmm. and they ask those questions, like, what are the proper responses? Like, yes, mommy is feeling this because mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Do you just say it matter of fact? Like, or like with Willa Gray, when I was having the conversation about adoption and how she came to be in our family, I just cried mm-hmm. because there's a part of me that, I, I I can't hold it together when we're talking right. about things yeah. that are really hard. Right. And not in a panic way, but just like real emotion. Mm-hmm. Yes, mommy is really sad. And yes. this is why. Yes. And I think with little ones, I mean, every age child, that's so good for them to see uh, yep. feelings yeah. to live in us because it's in moms be, and dads. In moms and dads, because yeah. they're going to need to learn to talk about feelings. And we could talk about all the things going on with teenagers who haven't learned to talk about mm-hmm. feelings. And I would add with little ones, because they can, kids so often will dam up their own feelings if they Mm -hmm. feel like my mom is really sad. Mm -hmm. And so to let them see that and then to say, mommy's really sad about this too, and I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And you are too. That's really good. Yeah. You know, that that we go back to a place of centered where they don't feel like they have to take care of us. Right. Because that's too much. Right. But it's both things. Yeah. Finding the balance of mm-hmm. letting them see you be human. Yes. But also not trying to put that on them. Right. Yeah. I experienced, I think maybe for the first time, we had a caseworker in our house because of little brother um, just last week. And she was giving me an update while Addie is eating dinner. And oh, she wow. suddenly couldn't eat dinner and only mm. wanted to be held like a baby. No. So it's like she could sense. She intuitively knew, yes. That there's yeah. something heavy going yes. on. And so I let her stay with me for about a minute. And then I texted my neighbor and said, can you come play with her? And she had a great time with my neighbor. And was she was like, she ate her whole dinner. We're out swinging. Wow. We're doing great. But I think that was the first time I'd seen that in her. And I'm like, I don't know what else to do other than get her out of here so that she's not hearing this right now. Cause I'm also like reacting and I'm like, wait, let me Mm. not react so strongly to some of the information that's coming to me because she is feeling it and now can't eat. And so I don't know if I handled that appropriately, but we'll have so much more of that 
for the next year and a half, even probably. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Sissy, finish us with this. I feel like an overarching thing you're saying to parents is you can trust yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can definitely trust yourself so and good. that God's going to give you the information you need for your kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very freeing. Yeah. And comforting. Yes. It's scary mm-hmm. to even anticipate some of the things that might come our way with these littles, which I'm sure every parent has felt forever. But I think because our families look different and the circumstances are different, it feels really scary. But probably every parent has felt that forever. But I would definitely say in 30 years of counseling, no matter what your family setup is, one of the most um, indicative of God's goodness and kindness and love for us, things for me to see over the years Mm -hmm. has been the intuition of parents. And moms and baby in particular. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I should say the hard conversations that I have had so far, whether it be with friends at Covenant or adoption or mommy's leaving, I'll be back. Even as small or big as that question may seem, I do think it is, at least when I'm in that situation, it's easy to be or be tempted to be fearful of of diving into that question. Um, but some someone told me one time, you know, I think as a mom, you want to protect your children mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Like the innocence I was talking about earlier, like you want to protect that innocence and you want them to stay little and innocent little and, and the world mm-hmm. be as beautiful as it once was to them. Yeah. But the reality is that we live in a broken world. Right. And they are going to grow up. Yeah. And there are going to be hard conversations. And it is much better for us to get down on their level, get in it with them, and prepare them for what they're going to go through instead of try to just protect them. Because at the end of the day, you really can't protect them from everything, mm-hmm. but you can lead them to the one who protects all. That's right. And I feel like at the end of the day, if you can get in those hard conversations and say, it makes you sad. It makes me sad too. Mm-hmm. And but but we can bring that to God. We can yeah. bring those hard mm-hmm. questions to God, and and we might not get an answer, mm-hmm. and that's okay too. That's okay. And we'll be together in that as well. And and it does feel scary. But I was saying to you not too long ago. Sometimes when I feel the most afraid to speak something, usually it's because it needs to be said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's so good. And I've yeah. found that with my kids. Yep. And I think if you can have that open, honest dialogue in that safe place, and you have to be courageous enough to jump into yeah. those hard questions with your kids, and it will be hard for them and for you. But growing up is hard, and yeah. living yeah. in this world yeah. is hard. Yes. Yeah. And thankfully, and, there's hope outside of the heart. Right. That's yes. right. That's right. And you want to raise strong, brave kids. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's right. Man, what an excellent conversation. I just feel like that gave us so many tools of how to go and have hard conversations with the kids in our lives. Yeah, it's, I think it's so important. And I learned so much just from sitting in with with these incredible women in our Mm -hmm. lives and just feel so grateful for this conversation. And I hope y'all will join us for our next episode of the Live and Love podcast. We are going to sit down with Pastor Dave Clayton and his sweet wife, Sydney, to talk about what it looks like to live in love with your faith and parenting. 